Indiana Bible College is committed to training tomorrow's apostolic leaders today. This is the Indiana Bible College podcast, and on today's episode, we have Reverend Bobby Kilman, Dean of Biblical Studies here on campus, continuing our Getting to Know You series with our Indiana Bible College staff. Speaking of getting to know, we would love to get to know what you think about the Indiana Bible College podcast. If you will, take just a moment and rate or review the Indiana Bible College podcast in your player of choice, we would be most grateful. One review said, excellent resource with great content and preaching, especially the staff interviews. And, well, here we are, creating more staff interviews. So we absolutely listen to what you have to say about the Indiana Bible College podcast. So, again, go right over in your podcast player of choice, rate and review the Indiana Bible College podcast, and enjoy getting to know a little bit more about Reverend Bobby Kilman. Well, Brother Kilman, thank you for being with us today here on the IBC Podcast. So good to have you. Um, Man, you've been going all summer, preaching here, preaching there. Uh, Just introduce yourself for those who may not know you, what you do, what your title is, and maybe even like day-to-day what your role looks like. Well, thanks, uh, Brother Brzezinski. I appreciate so much uh, the work you guys do with these podcasts, kind of getting uh, IBC's uh, heart and passion out there around uh, all sorts of wonderful things we do here at the Bible College. Uh, I am uh, I grew up in an independent uh, apostolic church out of Christ Temple uh, here in Indianapolis and uh, was converted uh, as a kid. About seven years old, I received the Holy Ghost and and so I grew up outside of the UPC, which is fascinating for me to think about. I, we used to go to Fortville uh, Camp here in Indiana, the UPC campgrounds, and these massive campground. And, and who dreamed that I would ever be there one day uh, uh, preaching and teaching to young people? So I, I, I love the UPC. I'm, I joined, oh, Lord, I think I was 17 when I walked into Calvary Tabernacle. And, and that turned into a process in which the Lord uh, called me to Bible college. Um, and then I went from there to graduate school, didn't really understand what God wanted me to do with that. And here, so here I am today and I'm the Dean of Biblical Studies at Indiana Bible College. That's a little shocking to me that that happened. I'm just a guy. I don't know what that means. And I, I'm had tremendous privilege and opportunity, uh, provided to me, um, uh, uh, from Calvary Tabernacle, of course, uh, Paul Mooney and now, uh, Brother Josh Carson. And, uh, I am delighted to do what I do. I, I'm the Dean of Biblical Studies, which means I oversee the Biblical Studies Department, get to work with a tremendous team of people that are incredibly talented and passionate about apostolic doctrine. At IBC, we don't look at people who are just a firm apostolic doctrine. We look for people that are uh, energized and uh, by apostolic doctrine, and we have a great team here that is doing that. And it's a delight to do that, work with all of these wonderful students from all over the country and even now out of state, even um, uh, from the mission field, uh, Global Missions. So yeah, I, I, I'm the Dean of Biblical Studies. We have uh, had, traditionally had th- uh, three departments or two departments, then three departments, now four departments, which is a wonderful thing. 
Uh, being a part of that as administrator, which is part of my job, is help brainstorming kind of the future and working with uh, the incredible deans and leadership uh, to cast kind of IBC's vision for the future. And I have been, I love that part of it. I fell in love with that part of the work as I was asked to do it, actually. Uh, I had no inclination to want to do anything like that at all. I just wanted to kind of teach and touch students, uh, you know, minister to them and, and grade papers, to be candid. Uh, but I have fallen in love with the administrative work to help create a program, keep it tight, and uh, flesh it out to crank out uh, apostolic ministers that know kind of the current issues and can defend the apostolic doctrine in a powerful way and uh, persuade people uh, of the truth of apostolic doctrine. And and I teach a lot while I'm here as well, which is uh, the gift to me. Uh, I've been paid for about the last 13 years or so to do pretty much uh, nothing but teach and uh, preach. And then I get to travel. And uh, uh, Calvary has been very gracious with my schedule. I've been privileged to be in a lot of places to preach and teach. And I, I love uh, all of that work. So, yeah, my, my average day looks like coming in, you know, for classes and um, I'm usually one of the 8 o'clock guys. I, I come in bouncing off the walls at 8 a.m. I love the truth, and I happen to be a morning person. God help the poor students that are sitting on the front row. <laughs> I, I kid them and tell them, if you're not a morning person, you can move back. I won't be offended. And, uh, and so it's a lot of fun to do that. I, I love to teach, and I, I teach a lot. So uh, I, in between classes, I will have students come in. And there are some things that are taught, but other things are like specific wisdom. And I guess that's a, a gift that my, uh, my father in the Lord, my pastor at the time, Brother Mooney, taught me. Uh, he taught great principles of truth, preached and, and uh, taught those things. But I could go into his office and I could say, uh, Brother Mooney, this is the first time I've faced this. Uh, can you help me with it? And so that availability for specific wisdom is a treat helping young people get specific answers to dilemmas as they spread their wings and helping to find their call and how to do ministry well. What does the Bible actually say? Uh, that's been an incredible part of that. So I, I have a pretty much open door policy. If, I, if, my, if I'm here, I'm accessible. I try to be accessible. And if I, if I need to get something done, sometimes I disappear off campus and uh, go work at the home office or something like that. But that's one of the greatest things is uh, being able to interact with students as well. So um, that's, that's pretty much my job. Well, that's a great synopsis. Now, one thing you left out is when you come in in the morning, you've got coffee in one hand, <laughs> always. Yes. You've got a Yeti full of coffee. <laughs> and it's true what you said, being accessible. I'll walk by your office, and you always have a young person sitting there picking your brain about something, and I know they appreciate that so much. Well, I probably heard it best from an elder. He said, if you're going to be a shepherd, you've got to love sheep. He says, I worry about shepherds that don't smell like sheep. And so if you're going to be in ministry, you really have to love people. And I love, I love what I do here. I love the, the students is why I'm here. There's a great team of people too, of course. And uh, leadership is tremendous. And now under Brother Carson, the vision casting um, and where we're headed has been wonderful. Uh, but if you don't love touching people, and you, you maybe go write books, but don't ever try to teach <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, Sister Mast, of course, is now the new academic dean, and she's taken that off your load. Thank so God. this year will be hopefully more of what you love, yes. touching students and doing all of that. But before we get into maybe some of that student uh, vision, what you want to instill in students, reflecting on your, your personality and experience with your ministry through the years, and I think that you do, despite your education, you retain a very real um, way of communicating, a very direct 
candid way of communicating that people appreciate. Well, and I can't you. help but think that that comes even from those roots uh, of those early church experiences. Well, I appreciate that. Um, you know, um, uh, two, two things on that. You know, um, one of the last things uh, Brother Mooney ever said to me as my pastor was, uh, Brother Kilman, stay with what you were raised with. And then he said something kind of shocking to me. He said, I, I don't even mean Calvary Tabernacle. He said, I mean your mother and father. You know, that humility. I mean, you know, as you say humility, it's just they, they were very simple people who loved God fiercely and loved truth fiercely and just served God, raised seven kids uh, in the truth and just, I, I don't know any better, I guess. Um, and then, you know, Brother Mooney challenged me one time. He said, Brother Kilman, always uh, preach and teach to the pew. Uh, he said, you know, you don't want to necessarily spend your life writing papers that like seven people read. <laughs> and I get what he was saying. I think you can, I think the gift of teaching uh, should be that you make complex issues more accessible. And if you're not making complex issues more, more accessible to people, you're failing as a teacher somewhere. Great teaching doesn't make it simple, but it makes it more accessible. And I think I've tried to work really hard at that due to uh, the candid kind of guidance of uh, Brother Mooney and, and uh, the love I have for my uh, family. And uh, my, my mom's very fond of saying, uh, Bobby, you don't just be a head preacher, be a heart preacher. Because if it comes from the heart, it's very hard to resist because it's real. What she meant was don't try to impress, uh, preach and teach the truth out of a compassion and love for people. And I thought that was very profound. That's well said, and you exemplify it. And not a lot of people, maybe this is embarrassing. I don't think it should be, but oftentimes tears come to your eyes when you're teaching with passion. And I know students appreciate that. Um, but moving on to, of course, you were a student at IBC. You were uh, a talented young minister, as I've heard. Um, but you decided to make a move to go to CTS. Yeah. Uh, and remind me the acronym stands for... Christian Theological Seminary. Christian yeah. Theological Seminary. And I imagine um, prestigious school, expensive school, progressive school, you could have been tempted... You were tempted, but you could have drifted into wanting the affirmation of men or wanting to appeal to respectability. What was that challenge like? Well, I mean, that's absolutely right. Uh, I didn't understand uh, why the Lord sent me there to be candid. I walked out of many classes frustrated. Um, it was, uh, and there, I have wonderful relationships there. They paid two and a half years of my education. The Lord gave me favor. They were very kind and gracious to me. I have friendships there to this day uh, that we candidly know we disagree fundamentally on the doctrine. And I, I remember uh, he, he's the best. I, I shouldn't probably say this publicly uh, for all my other wonderful professor friends over there. I, I would consider because of my personality and the way I learn. Ron Allen would be the best uh, professor they have there. And I took every class of his I could take. I just resonated with his teaching. He got into the text. And uh, even though he didn't believe what I believe about the Bible as authority at all, um, he was very candid, and I appreciated his honesty. I didn't know the Lord was preparing me for today and critical thinking and seeing how, uh, how to defend the Bible in a very, very in-depth way. And so I, I remember I was walking down the hall, 
And Dr. Allen, you know, a great friend to me, he tried to get my doctorate degree paid for. He's been, he was very gracious. He said, I think I can get money thrown at you if you want to. And, and the Lord just directed me here instead of pursuing uh, that at that point. And so I'm walking down the hall, Brother Brzezinski, and he says to me, I said, hello, Dr. Allen. He said, hello, Bobby. He passed me. He said, Bobby. And I said, yeah, uh, yes, sir. He said, you know, your, your level of learning, your writing and your learning has taken off this second half of the semester, and you're going to force me to give you an A. He says, I hate giving A's. And I was like, thank you? And of course, that's what it was. It was tongue-in-cheek, uh, and, and he laughed and, and walked on. And as I walked away, I felt this little check from the Lord and, and said, did you see the switch? And I don't mean this uh, in a malicious way, but it was like the the confrontation was moving from um, intimidation, belittling, and I don't and I don't think they did it intentionally always, but belittling positions, and you know, like you believe in divine penmanship if you believe in verbal plenary inspiration. I'm like, that's me. I believe in divine penmanship. That's me right here. So you had to walk in unintimidated, but that that belittling, kind of in your face, making you feel inferior a switch to praise. And it was like the Lord said, did you catch that? And I, I you know, this is going to sound a little weird. I don't mean it to be that way. But I remember I was in a, a Gospel of Mark where we're go going verse by verse through the Gospel of Mark. And I did a presentation. And at the end of it, uh, the wonderful professor there uh, went on and on and on and on. Because uh, we have about a 45-minute presentation. That's our uh, major part of the grade of our course. And he went on and on and on and on. And finally, my, my wonderful denominal friends, like Mike Serbon, you know, my Presbyterian pastor friend at the time, turned and, there, and then there's another lady turned around like, dear Lord, you know, how much is he going to go on and on and on? But again, that appeal to pride, you have to see that attack. And I don't think they meant it as an attack. I think they were affirming giftings, but you could very easily be sucked in. I was talking to two apostolic guys there, and I'll have to say this very carefully, Brother Brzezinski, I don't want to hurt them. I hope they've repented and changed. But we were talking down in the cafeteria. It was just me and those other two uh, friends. And they said, you know, we were talking about the truth that was being acknowledged. Like Holly Herring was saying that uh, one of my friends said, I like this particular passage in Colossians because it talks about God as a trinity. And uh, she happened to be a feminist. And she said, you know, when there's no hierarchy and no patriarchy. And I love how that's proven. And so the professor of Greek there at this uh, uh, seminary said, uh, in the book of Colossians? She said, yeah. She said, I don't think so. I happened to be sitting next to my wonderful feminist friend, and, and I watched her. She just kind of visibly reacted, and she said, well, what do you mean? She said, well, it's very clear that the book of Colossians only speaks of the Spirit as a force, not as a person. And so Colossians is not a Trinitarian book. So I was like, write that down. Colossians is not a Trinitarian book. So all of the, we were laughing about all these admissions or like in the book of Romans where clearly one of the other professors was acknowledging the book of Romans teaches Jesus name baptism. And so we were, we were laughing and talking about as apostolics, how that's, and then one of the young men said, well, Bobby, my only problem is uh, that apostolics thinks they're going to be the only ones in heaven. And I just stopped. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, no, wait a minute. I believe that people can be sincere, 
but they can be, you, you can be sincerely wrong. Sincerity does get people something, that the Spirit of God will lead you and guide you, not to some, but to all truth. And I said, I believe strongly our message. And Brother Brzezinski, that was the end of the conversation. And those, uh, those two apostolic, well, I don't, they weren't apostolic anymore. But those two young guys from an apostolic tradition uh, gave up their faith right there for the praise of people. And the, and the fascinating thing to me was the reason that they're entertaining Pentecostalism is because they understand we're the fastest growing thing in the world. Only, sec, only thing close to us is Islam. And the fastest growing branch of that, Amos Young is right, is oneness Pentecostalism. And so that's the reason they're talking to us is because of our growth. But if we give up the substance of who we are for the praise of people, uh, that's... That's when we lose. That pursuit of respectability. Respectability, I, I would estimate, is the greatest temptation facing uh, apostolic ministers today. They want to be respectable. Uh, that if you, if you see fundamentally any eyes on you except for heavens, if you're worried about any eyes on you except for heavens, you're already compromised at some level. And we have to really live that way faithfully. I'm not talking about being flippantly, flippant or arrogant. I have wonderful friends. They love me today. I can walk onto that campus and interact with anyone. So I'm not talking about being belligerent or anything like that. I'm talking about kindly and yet pointedly standing for the truth. And if you, if you are worried about respectability or that temptation to praise. And by the way, Brother Brzezinski, if you cut me up here today, I'll be red. That means I'm a human being. And fortunately for me, IBC had prepped me to see through that threat. And that really helped me, uh, at some level, just not care what anyone thought about me except for Jesus. And I owe that to my parents, my church, and then uh, Indiana Bible College. Let's maybe get a little bit um, just casual with this next question. What do you like to do in your spare time? Oh man, I like to hike. Uh, I like to be with people. I like to have great conversations. And I, I love to read. I, I, and I love podcasts. So um, I steal time with podcasts. I have all uh, podcasts from a wide uh, range of backgrounds. So I, I love, I know my wife actually accidentally synced her phone to mine, iPhone to mine, uh, one, one, uh, by accident one time. And she said, honey, you know you have three days of listening on here and not, any, not one song. And I was like, yeah, is that a problem? I didn't realize that was a problem. <laughs> so I love music. I love singing. I love worship. But um, I love uh, thinking and, and understanding the world around me. So for fun, I hate to tell you that I, I love that kind of stuff. I love analysis. I love great conversations with friends. Brother Mooney once said to me, Brother Kilman, you only grow as much as the new people you meet, the new places you go, and the new books you read. So I kind of focus my life on that. And I, if I can get on, uh, we've been, some wonderful friends have allowed us to come to California for about six years. And, uh, they've, They've allowed my wife and my son to come with me. So we've got to walk uh, all sorts of beautiful trails in California and uh, Colorado. I've been to um, Red Rock Canyon in Nevada. Uh, all sorts of, we love, I love hiking. And uh, now don't take me on like, I'm not trying to do a workout. I'm just trying to get out there and see nature, uh, what God's creation is. And I love that kind of stuff, standing in the redwood forest where you can't hear any other sounds except for, you know, just the forest. It shuts off all the noise, and that's a beautiful thing. I love that. 
and uh, and be candid food and good people and good conversation. Back to a a more serious note, you're passionate about truth. When a student comes here and is sitting in your classes, they're a biblical studies major, what's one of the big takeaways that you hope they leave here with? Oh, that's easy for me. I hope they begin to read and study the Bible as what it is, God's very words for all of life. So uh, we lack understanding and conviction, and by that, uh, what I'm going to call real authority, the confidence to act in concert with what we know to be true, because we don't study the Word of God enough. So like when people ask me questions about prayer, what I will say to them, well, have you ever done a study simply on what the Bible lays out from the Psalms or uh, like John 17, Jesus's high priestly prayer. Paul says, I, I never cease to pray this for you since I've heard about you getting in church. Probably a good prayer. So when, when they ask me about prayer or they ask me about any aspect of life, I would say, do you believe the Bible's the very words of God? Do you believe that you can get something higher than your own thinking? And they would say, yes. I said, well, then really let that be what, don't be a hearer of that, be a doer of that. And spend the rest, the rest of your life studying scripture that way with that type of conviction. And, and, and we're apostolic in all sorts of ways. But I know people, Brother Brzezinski, I, what I will say some, often to students is, I know people that have quit every kind of horrific type of addiction or uh, hurt or pain that's come from the world, the, the damages of sin. They get into church and they don't have great marriages. They don't have great families because they don't know how to treat their spouse and they don't know how to treat their kids. Not because there's not direction, it's because they haven't cast down every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And so they need to start literally treating their spouse in the way Scripture says. They need to have as much faith in that as they do Jesus' name baptism. We need to, and, and I think with that bedrock conviction, then students can begin to say, wow, my prayer should reflect that. The way I minister should reflect that. Uh, the methods I use for church growth should be right out of that book. And if I hear something that sounds good, I got to test it by that. And that's, that's how you try the spirits to make a, a uh, how can I say this in the uh, most gracious way possible? A, a thick understanding of God's revelation will help you discern when things are not from him. And I think that's a powerful thing to get. Because they already got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They already understand that. And we, of course, we talk about the gifts of the Spirit from the Bible. We talk about everything from the Bible. Because you can't, if you're going to be a true worshiper, it's not just spirit. It has to be truth. And without that truth bedrock, we're spinning our wheels and wasting our time. Sometimes even shedding people away from the fulfillment of God's victory for their life in that area. When if I would just as a preacher, a teacher, a minister, an uh, uh, educator, uh, Paul says teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And if our songs are not teaching the truth and admonishing them, challenging them with the truth to live it out, uh, then we can actually not treat the Bible as what it is. It should infuse everything we do. Let's end on this question. Let's say there's a young person listening and they are passionate about God, but maybe they want to learn more, they're not sure what to do next, how does Indiana Bible College partner with that person and their pastor to help that person find the will of God in their life? What's, what's special about here that they, 
maybe couldn't get somewhere else in your view? Well, I think that's a fundamental question that uh, I think is, uh, for me, out of bedrock of my convictions, easy to answer. You know, we say it to students when they walk in here that there are three things we're going to work on you for, to shape you. If they give themselves, so the, uh, I think it was uh, Scott Sistrick many years ago who said, um, you know, when you look at when you look at ministry, training is critical. Jesus spent three and a half years with basically 12 men. Other people, he ministered to the multitudes, but he concentrated time for those 12 men. And then they turned the world upside down. So concentrated learning in that rabbinical type model is critical. So training is critical. The most intense form of getting that type of training, I think, is Bible college. You can do other things, and, and there are some wonderful people that never make it to Bible college, and they're under the tutelage of a pastor. And sometimes that pastor is not bivocational, and they have the opportunity to really pour into them, and they can get that same type of rabbinical training, which I appreciate. But, you know, the, the, the theological, the biblical uh, the social and the spiritual aspects of Indiana Bible College, those three big things. So the, the spiritual, you got to learn the disciplines. You, you cannot do ministry in the flesh. And, and just now, one of the most convicting things I've ever heard from history is someone say, God didn't come to make good men better. He came to make dead men alive. We can't save ourselves. We're dead without Christ. Well, the same is true in ministry. We can't do ministry without the Spirit of God. And if we, and, and if we try to attempt, we can't attempt salvation in the flesh. We can't attempt ministry in the flesh. So that's the spiritual aspect of showing them how to work in the disciplines and, and what it means to be actually spiritual, not the trends of pseudo-spirituality and the, and the things that are extra-biblical. And that's why the biblical training, the theological training, is the next big piece because um, not only do you need the spiritual, you don't just need zeal. You need to operate with the authority based on the Word of God. And then that third part, uh, candidly, the social, because you're going to have to learn to work with people. And, you know, you're going to have to manage projects. And you're going to have to manage people. And that's part of the leadership of the church. You can see church problems. It's how we got all the epistles. <laughs> it's like when you look at, at uh, you know, what... Uh, Paul and Barnabas had to face at the Jerusalem Council and James as the first among equals, but it was a conglomeration of pastors and ministers, and they all had to consent to it. You realize that position is really not that much. You got to lead by influence and by the touch of God and the anointing. So I think what IBC does is train you how to do all of those things well, so that when you walk out, you can uh, touch all of the work of God. Well, thank you for your time doing this, My Brother privilege. Kilman. Thank you for sharing your heart, your, a little bit of your story. I think people love hearing that if you could do it, maybe they could do it too. And he's no respecter of persons, that's for sure. Wonderful. Well, thank you, sir. Yes, sir. My privilege.